Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week, I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kim Kardashian spoke out about being accused of blackfishing. Britney Spears called out Diane Sawyer for the infamous interview from 2003. And we're talking with Fast Company's Joe Berkowitz about the myth of cancel culture. It's December 14th, 2021. friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So to kick things off, Kim Kardashian addressed the allegations of black fishing against her. In an ID Q&A, she told playwright Jeremy O. Harris that she, quote, obviously would never do anything to appropriate any culture. But I have in the past got backlash from putting my hair in braids, and I understand that. She added, quote, honestly, a lot of the time it comes from my daughter asking us to do matching hair. And I've had these conversations with her that are like, hey, maybe this hairstyle would be better on you and not me. But I also want her to feel that I could do a hairstyle with her and not make it that big of a deal either. If that's something that she's really asking for and really wants. So... <laughs> <laughs> This statement goes back and forth so many times. I mean, like, I don't know what to say, but that I don't believe her. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, first of all, you've appropriated black culture so many times that have and like it has nothing to do with hair. So like yeah. the fact that that's the one thing that you're focusing on is not like you're not really grasping the issue. I think this like really like I couldn't keep it together with the first sentence that said obviously would never do anything to appropriate any culture. And I'm like, well, that's not true. Yeah. And it's not just black culture. I mean, remember that whole line she had of, I think they were kimonos or something. Mm. And it was like, that was a whole thing. I'm just like, 
I don't know if she's doing it intentionally. I wouldn't go that far. But to be so blindly aware when she's been called out so many times. Right, right. Like this is a statement that maybe would have been said five years ago. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and she's kind of throwing her daughter under the bus. and she, like She blamed it on her daughter. <laughs> like, oh, well, my daughter wants me to wear my hair a certain my, way, my so what am I going to do? My daughter, who's black, do you guys know she's black? Right. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> Gosh. All right, moving on. In a now-deleted Instagram post, Britney Spears criticized Diane Sawyer for the question she asked during their 2003 interview, saying Diane could, quote, kiss her white ass. Britney wrote that the interview was the first time she was speaking to anyone about her recent breakup with Justin Timberlake, saying, quote, I never spoke to anyone for a very long time. I was in shock, adding that her father, quote, forced her to do the interview. For those who don't remember or haven't seen it, at one point, Diane said that Justin claimed that Britney, quote, did something that caused him so much pain, so much suffering before asking Britney, quote, what did you do? Diane then went on to essentially try to get Britney to confirm whether or not she cheated on Justin. But you said I've only slept with one person in my whole life, two years into my relationship with Justin. And yet he's he's left the impression that that you weren't faithful, that you betrayed the relationship okay F- fuck her dad <laughs> yep fuck justin timberlake and fuck diane sawyer for doing this i mean this was first of all i can't imagine asking a young woman about her sex life on national television that is already crossing a line and to immediately take Justin's side it's like she's going right, exactly. in and she's accusing britney instead of having an honest conversation and in that interview she cried she was in tears from being accused of these kinds of things and you know what it's like okay this has been talked about before this interview is from 2003 right but i absolutely love this journey that britney is on <laughs> Yes, call everyone out. You know, it's like it's like the opposite of someone's apology tour where she's going around making everyone else apologize for what they've done to her. Yes, she like had to stay silent for so long. Even in this interview, she was saying that it was forced upon her and that she didn't talk to anyone for a really long time. So she was forced into silence. And like you said, I am so glad that she is just naming names like it is. I'm ready. Who is she going to call out next? Because, you know, there are people on the list. Oh, yes. One hundred percent. All right. So if you're a person who has been alive for the last five years, you've probably heard of the term cancel culture, which is when a famous person does something terrible and the Internet decides to, quote, cancel them. Some people believe this is a serious problem in the U.S., while others believe that it's simply the consequences someone faces for their actions. Today, we're talking with Fast Company's Joe Berkowitz, who recently wrote a piece titled Cancel Culture Isn't Real If You're Rich Enough, as Succession Makes Clear. Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, you know, everyone's been talking about cancel culture and how it largely doesn't exist since the term was first created. But we wanted to talk to you about it on the pod because you recently wrote a piece on cancel culture tied to this season of succession. So first, to back things up, how would you define cancel culture as it's viewed in mainstream media? Well, it's one of those terms that benefits from having no fixed definition. So people can kind of make it mean uh, whatever they want it to mean for uh, their purposes. But uh, I think the, the simplest way to define it is it's kind of, it's a climate where people are more likely to face backlash for things they once might not have. But just considering that getting canceled can just as easily refer to getting yelled at for half a day on Twitter as it might refer to 
becoming unhirable possibly forever. It's a term I think we use too loosely. So based on what we've seen these past five years, it kind of just seems like cancel culture as we know it is just the internet in general. I mean, the technology of social media platforms have seemingly given every person on earth the ability to react in real time to world events. Does that sound right to you or do you think there's something more complicated happening? No, I agree. Technology is a huge part of it. Just being able to record and distribute anything instantaneously I don't know how I would have survived high school. Like, I think everyone who survives high school now is a brave warrior for (laughs) not being able to have the space to make mistakes and have it be unfilmed and unseen. And then that's only half of it. The other half is that everyone has a voice to comment on it that might either potentially be picked up and retweeted into the, the... internet stratosphere and that also they can that people online can if it's not one voice it's a million voices agitating for action together so i mean you already touched upon this a little bit but people will often point to the fact that people who are quote canceled will lose their jobs and income is one of the big problems of cancel culture but usually the people who are canceled are rich and famous so is this even like a material problem for them well i mean yeah it depends on what they did because We have the word canceled means so many things. You know, it's hard. It's hard to say you can be super powerful and super rich. And if they have you, you know, dead to rights on an actual crime, then, yeah, you're you're going to get, you know, prosecuted by the law. And that can uh, mean the same thing as being, you know, like J.K. Rowling, who makes comments once or twice a year that undermine, you know, the trans community and everybody gets really mad and she goes on about her day. You know, you could say that J.K. Rowling is canceled, but I mean, if people bought, you know, a hundredth fewer Harry Potter books this year than that last year, I don't think that uh, affects her, you know, marginally. Yeah. I mean, this is something that you talked about in your piece. And J.K. Rowling is just one example. We're seeing this with Louis C.K. and Dave Chappelle, who are both just nominated for Grammys and are currently touring. And Mel Gibson is going to be directing and starring in Lethal Weapon 5. And actor Joshua Molina, who's Jewish, just wrote an op-ed for The Atlantic calling for Hollywood to make a stronger effort to actually cancel him. So what do you make of this? I mean, should the entertainment industry be putting up stronger walls to keep men like this out? Or should we let the audiences determine for themselves whether they want to actually support them? Well, first of all, I love to imagine what it would have been like if either of Mel Gibson's career-wrecking moments, either the time he got pulled over and said (laughs) those things about about Jewish people or the voicemail for uh, his ex-girlfriend, if either of those happened now, I I would love to see that Notes app apology, like what that would look like. Oh, God. (laughs) It'd be very long. Yeah. But, um, you know, if it were up to me, Mel Gibson would be self-financing independent movies with whichever actors were willing to work with him and, you know, not making wacky Christmas movies with Will Ferrell or uh, possibly directing Lethal Weapon 5. But, you know, we've known that Mel Gibson has, uh, you know, anti-Semitic past and said some really, really horrible, disturbing things to his ex. We can't relearn that information for the first time. So, um, you know, because of the weird fluctuating statute of limitations we have, it's all now personal decisions. It's executives who decide to greenlight his movies and the actors who decide to appear to them and uh, in them and then whether we go see them or not. All right, we'll be right back with more from Joe Berkowitz.
Chief It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Fast Company's Joe Berkowitz about cancel culture. Now, you also wrote about how the terms cancel culture and woke mob have been weaponized mainly by conservative media and Republican politicians. In fact, 64 percent of Americans view cancel culture as a threat to freedom. So what do you think it is about this subject that has become such a flashpoint? I mean, is there any substance to this or do you think conservative media has simply manufactured this into a culture war issue? Well, you know, I think that cancel culture is in the eye of the beholder. If you don't think a person did anything wrong, then you're probably going to describe any consequence whatsoever, including just, you know, getting yelled at as getting canceled. Yeah, I think uh, there have been a lot of unpopular opinions uh, and uh, movements related to Donald Trump and some of the politicians still a part of those have focused on the pushback they get as the problem itself rather than um, looking at the massive unpopularity of those movements as the problem. So, you know, when Jim Jordan, you know, congressman from Ohio, he wanted to hold a committee hearing uh, last March on cancel culture. And, you know, you have to see what was going on at the time. It was very unpopular to have the opinions that that he and his other congressmen who, you know, voted to overturn the election, you know, they were being pilloried at the time, in my opinion, rightfully so. And so, yeah, they were very, very concerned about cancel culture. And I think, you know, that's like kind of a small version of a more broad pushback that we're seeing. So where do you think cancel culture will go from here? Because it starts to, it's starting to honestly feel like it's losing its bite, you know, like people are facing real consequences sometimes, but then maybe they're quote unquote canceled and then they come back like nothing happened. And, you know, yet conservatives are saying it's a serious problem. I mean, what do we do to make sure that if someone needs to be held accountable, they're actually held accountable? I don't know. There's so many questions here because of what you said, that there's no one definition for this word. Yeah, I think um, kind of ridiculous that this was the year 
that a lot of conservatives went all in on um, talking about the scourge of cancel culture, like around March. No day seemed to go by when you didn't hear about like slapping an advisory sticker before the Muppet show meant that the Muppets were canceled. You know, Josh Hawley on Fox News talking to this enormous audience about how he's being silenced. And at the same time, later on in the year, when there was this big push against uh, critical race theory, there was a lot of books being literally banned. And, you know, the same people who were talking about the sinister silencing that they were incurring, you know, they didn't get mad about that. There's a lot of getting selectively mad uh, in the cancel culture conversation. But in terms of a way forward, I think at least for the more common uh, version of cancel culture, which is saying the wrong thing and having people get mad at you, I think a lot of it is absorbing the critique, listening and owning up to whatever you did if you did do something, not coming out too defensive about it at first. You know, there's a lot in the way you handle it I think that says uh, as much or if not even more than what you said in the first place. Yeah, I just think it's mainly about how you handle it and about being willing to listen and hear why people were mad and not assuming automatically that this is all some frivolous thing that people got mad at for no reason. And uh, I'm sorry you were offended. You know, that you hear that a lot. All right. Well, you've given us a lot to think about. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, if you get accused of cultural appropriation, just don't blame your child. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Hello, I'm Minnie Driver. And on my podcast, Mini Questions, I put together a little experiment. I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers, like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry. I did have a revelation. It was at CBGB's, as a matter of fact. I was waiting for the audience to give it to me, give it to me. Then I realized that I had to make them. I had to command them artist and creative juggernaut Goldie. And I walk up to the mountain, I hike up. Just being in that environment and seeing life and death in front of you, right in front of you. And I go up there and scream and cry and and, and laugh and I find that being the happiest. And many more. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. 
Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.